This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. The Roundup on Joy 94.9. This is really bad for the kids and horrible and from the parents' point of view, but God, it's good TV. Practising when I'm alone, like just imagining walking down the street. So it's good to practise at least. I'm sure you enjoy practising on your own, Jed. Vinny Guadagnino. Vinny Guadagnino. Like much better, much, thank much better. You, yeah. you. Oh, you don't know gosh. Rebecca Black. <laughs> I've got a picture of her here. She's gorgeous. No. She's also 14. So oh. <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> I mean, she looks lovely. The Roundup. The Roundup. The Roundup. The Roundup. You're with The Roundup on Joy 94.9. Yes, hello and welcome to your weekly dose of news, gossip and everything in between, The Roundup on Australia's only lesbian and gay radio station. I'm Ali Palatier, and with me this week on the panel, of course, is our man in the know, our resident newsie, Michael Pinter Bonner. Hello. Hello. And back on the panel after a few weeks away is our lovely gossip queen, Anastasia Michael. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. And a big thanks to the Generation Next crew. Coming up on tonight's show, well, Michael and I went to a sacred sexuality workshop on the weekend. And we learned some interesting things that we will love to share with you. Anastasia will, of course, be bringing you all the latest gossip straight from Hollywood. And, um, well... The Cannes Film Festival happened and we're going to be talking about art house movies. Are they good, bad or... Hmm, just too arty. Yes, you can let us know what you think about anything on tonight's show. SMS 0427 569 949 or email on air at joy.org.au. Hello, Michael Pinterboni here with the news and current affairs wrap on Joy 94.9's The Roundup. And what a weekend for news it has been. Australia's been triumphant at the Tour de France for the first time with Cadal Evans taking home the yellow jersey. The Victorian cyclist celebrated his victory at the Arc de Triomphe and was joined by an expat Tina arena who belted out the Aussie anthem. Cadell's win was also a win for the SBS, which recorded its strongest ratings of the seasons during the race. The death toll in Norway is expected to climb as police search more than 400 metres of water for bodies after the weekend's terrorist massacre. It's also been revealed that Anders Brevik operated a farming business that allowed him to legally purchase explosive materials for months ahead of the terrorist attack at the weekend. The death toll from the attack, which was politically driven, is believed to have claimed 93 three lives. The Prime Minister is insisting that the forest agreement struck with the Tasmanian government yesterday will be implemented, regardless of whether the Greens support it or not. The Greens have swiftly rejected the $270 million deal, saying while money will be provided to the industry and struggling timber towns, they see no immediate protection of old growth forests. To get the go-ahead from the Greens, the government will have to dedicate more than 500,000 hectares of forest to national parks. And heartache for fans of Sol D 
receiver Amy Winehouse, who passed away at the weekend. The cause of death for the troubled singer is still unknown, but some sources are saying it was due to a seizure. Winehouse, who won five Grammys for her 2007 album Back to Black, had a very public battle with drugs and alcohol. And that is the news and current affairs wrap on the Roundup. Back to you girls. Very sad news about Amy, although, you know, hardly unexpected, unexpected, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm surprised... As sad as it is that she made it uh, this far. Something that I am surprised about and perhaps a bit disheartened about is if you read the blogs on the internet at the moment, some people are saying that they have no sympathy for her. She led a lifestyle that uh, I think led pe- to that. I think people saw it coming, quite honestly. Like, they're numb to the fact because we've basically been expecting it since she, you know, came on the scene. It was going to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, she's she lives a life like that and she, it obviously looked like she couldn't get out of it, so it was going to happen. But does that justify people saying, I don't feel sorry for her because she had it coming, because she, she consciously took these drugs? No, of course not. I mean, I can see why they're saying it, but the death of anybody, whether it was self-inflicted or whether it was through a mental illness or through a drug addiction, is always a very, very sad thing. And, you know, if you can't have... If you can't feel sorry for Amy, at least feel for her family and the people who loved her. Absolutely. And I think any life that is lost is obviously tragic. And I think Amy Winehouse was such a great loss mm, for the talent. entertainment industry. So, And you know what? what is, you know, is happening through this is now she's... Real, like the, her career is now being posthumously is what is That's it? The word. Um, is actually coming about again, and it's I, I read somewhere that supposedly she may be up for new uh, nominations because of her um, albums being now re-released and um, be, and supposedly it's the top of iTunes right yeah, now. Yeah, rehab's so, gone back to number one for the video on iTunes, and I think. Back to Black is back got, yeah. in the top fifty. So in the it UK. looks like she may actually get an Emmy. Um, or some another, Grammy, sorry, yeah. Another nomination on A the back of it. A couple more Grammys after this. Absolutely. Well, let us know your thoughts on 0427JOY949. Is something like Amy Winehouse's death something that we should not have sympathy for because she had it coming, or is that a ridiculous standpoint? I know where I stand. I think it's ridiculous, and I'll make that one publicly known. Now, on a different foot, Ali and I, we went to a sex workshop on the weekend. Yes, we did. We didn't have sex together. There was none of that. No, contrary to popular belief. We're not getting it on. No. But you have to stick around to find out what we did do together, which wasn't very exciting. Well, it was, kind of. Well, I thought it was quite exciting. Anyway, a bit of Amy Winehouse for you now on The Radar. Walk in the back row, can't tell who he's looking to. Because you all look the same, everyone knows your name, and that's your whole clan. Yes, that was Amy Winehouse. And welcome back to the Roundup on Joy 94.9. And don't forget us. Forget you can tell us what you think of all we talk about today. Um, visit us on www.facebook.com forward slash the Roundup on Joy 94.9 and like us. Now, you may not have heard about it and you probably can't spell it, but Shalakwai Kudoshku presents some unique and novel teachings on sex and sexuality. And after hearing about it through the grapevine, Ali and I decided we'd go to a preview and find out what it's all about. Oh, <laughs> yes, we, we did. So this, you know, um, this thing was started in the 70s um, in the States and um, 
they kind of say their providence is that it was something that, um, you know, it's it's knowledge and learnings from centuries ago that are, have been underground since then and only just come out in the 70s. And so from South America and a little bit of the Native American kind of stuff. Well, you know, basically we had to take our own cushions and sit on the floor in a circle. I and took my own cushion. You, you didn't bring a cushion. No, you're right. Well, I was a little worried when you first told me, Mike, because I thought you might mean pillows given that it's a sacred sexuality workshop and stuff. Um, I was all- <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit worried too. You were, yeah. I was also a bit worried. We pulled up in the car and there was this lovely dreadlocked hippie hugging people as we all entered the building. And when we got in there, it kind of um, smelled a little bit like patchouli. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> patchouli. That kind of earthy scent that was hanging around in there. I thought that was you. Anyway, we it, it was very, very interesting. And I must say, we went on a little bit of a journey with it, didn't we, Mike? And we also, we spoke to the Grand Master and we asked him a few questions. And one of the things we asked about was, um, at one point, we did a kind of, we did a couple of activities. So one of them was sharing something really personal about yourself with somebody else. Um, and then we did another one that um, was a was a touching activity. So we asked him about that interaction and the communication that needed to go with that. I guess the first thing that I would say is that we don't really call it boundaries because, you know, that, that kind of sets up this whole thing of, you know, we will have this new structure. This is, not ex- this is not about setting up a new structure. It is about setting up a range of ways in which to interact with one another so that we can feel safe with one another. And if you look at how um, a good number of interactions happen in the Western world around sexuality, quite often, you know, a standard um, heterosexual picture might be that girl goes out, guy goes hunting, finds girl, um, and proceeds to try to get her to do as much as possible. She tries to protect herself from as much as possible happening. Alcohol often gets involved or some other substance gets involved and everybody wakes up the next morning wondering exactly what did happen and thinks that maybe it was all okay or maybe it wasn't. Now, a lot of people probably don't have any familiarity with Shulukwai and something that I picked up was the references to the Western world, particularly in communication, um, some really basic, simple things that I think people don't pick up on, like making eye contact. Can you talk to sort of the teachings and the thinking behind those lessons? There is a real need for us to be in connection with one another. And a a lot of what happens in our modern world is that we get quite disconnected. So we get our, our attention is always taken to entertainment largely. And, you know, if you were to, you know, extrapolate that out to coming towards the end of your life and go, okay, what are the really, really wonderful things that happened to me in life? They are always going to be about the connection that you had with another human being. And so what we try to do, even in the previews and certainly in the Kodoshkas, is to say to people, make something different happen than you would normally do out there in the big bad world. Be willing to actually look another person in the eye and say, here is my soul, I'm actually here, and I would like to connect with you. And that then opens the door for a whole range of other things to begin to happen. And where does Shulakwai Kudoshu come from? Well, the language, the, the words Shulakwai and Kudoshka are from 
uh, uh, Central and North America. So, you know, um, if you were to look at several different languages, you would find words like Shulakwe and you would find words like Kodoshka. Um, there is a Cherokee background in some of the teachings. There is a Mayan background, Toltec background in some of the teachings. Um, the word Kodoshka itself means um, sacred or holy in several languages. And I think even the, um, I think uh, Judaism has the word Kadosh in it. And that's a derivation of the same thinking. And Shulakwe Kodoshka actually means sacred life force coming together in creation. So in your experience, what do people come away from these teachings with? What changes for them from before to after they experience the teaching? You'd probably be able to answer what you took away from the preview better than I could. I know that what I took away from my first Kadoshka experience was an entirely new way of engaging with everything in life. Um, and that started with my sexual engagement with the feminine. You know, I, I'm a, ch- a person who chooses to be a heterosexual male, or, or, and that, that is how I am. And I discovered that the way in which I was interacting with my choice of sexual partner had some things that could really change in order for me to have a better life. And that's what I took away. Well, some pretty interesting stuff there, guys. So we want to know if you've ever tried something like what Ellie and Michael have experienced on the weekend. Uh, SMS us your thoughts, 0427JOY949, or give us a buzz, 1300JOY949. So uh, we'll find out what you guys think next. Hey, this is Ruby Rose and you're listening to The Roundup on Joy 94.9. Yes, welcome back to The Roundup. Don't forget you can keep up with all the latest Roundup goss on our Facebook page. Search for us on facebook.com forward slash The Roundup on Joy 94.9. And like us while you are there and like what we're talking about, which is Shalakwai Kadoshku. If you don't know what that is or if you can't spell it, neither can I, it is well, they're sacred sexual lessons. And Ellie and I actually went to that on the weekend together. We didn't do any of it together because she wasn't cool enough to hang out with me. Oh, stop. But we learnt so many exciting and interesting things from it. We did. So it was a it was a two and a half hour, nearly three hour preview of their three day workshoppy thing that's coming up soon. So look, I have to say I went in quite cynical. I might actually still be, but I do think that there was a, a touch exercise that really highlighted the importance of clear communication and expectations with your partner. And it was quite liberating to be able to touch somebody else and have them touch me with such clear kind of permissions around it. So um, that's something that I had not, you know, we were, the exercise, if you talk about it on the radio, it's going to sound really boring, but basically you just got to touch somebody from their hands up to their elbows, but you were really clear about what you were going to do and your permissions around that. Um, and it, it was quite, it was quite liberating. I, I really liked it. And I think the thing with that was I went home and I tried it with my boyfriend. <laughs> did you? I did. And it's actually the barriers and having that restriction and I'm actually st- sitting in the studio stroking my own arm now um but having that barrier there it kind of made things a little bit because you couldn't go further than it it yeah. made things a little bit more like ooh, this is a bit of a, a bit of a restriction and desire is all about what you can't have i think and so 
It was like, I can see you and I can touch you, but I can't touch all of you. So I thought that was a little bit hot. Um, and I quite enjoyed that aspect of it. And SMS your thoughts in on 0427JOY949. And we've just had a whole heap of SMSs come in now, so keep them coming our way. One of those SMSs is from Chris, who says that he went to one of the camps. I'm not sure if it's actually called a camp, Chris, but that's okay. And it helped him mature as an adult gay man. And I think... Maybe what he's getting at there is that sexuality and being gay, they are, well, your sexuality and being gay is, you know, it is your sexuality and maturing and being an adult and all those things, Mm -hmm. sometimes things that we don't learn in society. Yeah, I think, well, we don't get lessons about sex day to day. We get lessons about cooking and cleaning and maths and science and writing and we even you know learn how to be friends and we're able to talk talk through oh I've got this friendship issue but nobody ever sits you down and talks to you about sex and so this sexual training part is only one part of their it's only one part of their stuff that they do and you know we we got a we got an sms yes we've actually got a a long one here um uh, someone's written in saying I highly recommend conscious sensuality workshops with Robert Silver Uh. Uh, from Hawaii, who comes out to Melbourne to run this powerful, potent, ta- uh, transformative workshop. I have attending partic- I have attended participating in tantric sex workshops for the last three years. More deeply fulfilling connections are experienced and releasing fears, shame, guilt around our sexuality. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you very much. And um, whoever that was just got a free promo on air. Thanks. <laughs> but look, this is not tantric in any way, I don't think, although maybe they use some of those principles. I guess the thing that kind of maybe bothers me a little bit is their providence. You know, they they've talked about this information and this learning being underground until it was discovered in the 70s. Um, and they talk about coming from Cherokee and Mayan or Toltec, you know, South America, Native American cultures. So whether their teachings teachings may or may not be for me, I mean, they're probably not for me, but whatever their providence is, whether that's real or not real, I, I suppose it doesn't mean that their teachings don't work. I am I'm a very cynical person, just in general, and so these sort of things don't appeal to me instinctively. But for me, going into that room, and there were people in that room that walked in one way and they left another way and quite noticeably another way, and there was one girl in there that I just... I really felt that for her it was the right thing and it was definitely going to make a difference in her life. And at the end of the day, if something's not for you, that's fine, whatever. But if it's going to help somebody and it's going to make their life better, then that is a good thing. Of course, if you've been to anything like this, if you've been to Shalakwai Kadoshku, please SMS us on 0427JOY949. Was it all about sex? Because we just went to the preview. We don't know. Yeah, they're pretty cagey about telling us what the whole thing's about. So they just want your money, honey. And going from one sex topic to another sex topic, we're going to be talking about all the goss on Charlie Sheen's X-rated X next. We sure are. On the roundup, that's in gossip time. It's gossip time on the roundup celebs are bad that we found out Anastasia and the crew will tell you what they did do Madonna's bad Britney's sad Lady Gaga's wearing a bag it's gossip time gotta go gotta get on gossip time with the show gossip time 
gossip time. Yes, it is gossip time on the Roundup on Joy 94.9. And boy, do I have some fun stuff for you today. So, uh, we all know about Amy Winehouse. It is a very, very sad event. Um, But there are rumours flying like crazy about how she died. And we've still got to wait for the the post-mortem, which is happening um, probably right about now, um, actually. Or at least um, today, English time. So, it should be about morning there now. So, yeah. But um, there are things going on about that it wasn't like an overdose of a certain type of drug or... But her um, actual publicist is saying that she did die alone in bed after saying goodnight to her minder um, and then just going straight to bed and then he came in later to find her not breathing. So I'm not sure how much we can can believe about that or, you know, whatever, but it does seem to be... To me, it it seems a little bit like a a bit of a a cover-up. If you, if you ask me. I don't know if it's a cover-up. I read today, and this sounded like a rumour to me, that she had actually um, stopped taking hard drugs months ago. For her... She had emphysema, though, didn't she? It wasn't heart... It wasn't heart problem. Not hard drugs. Not oh, heart. hard drugs. <laughs> hard <laughs> drugs. Months ago, and was just on the booze and smoked. Yeah, no, she got back on the wagon. Well, there was rumours that they, they saw her with a, a dealer the night before. This is all, this is all hearsay, you know, allegedly. Um, so we don't know what it is, but it'll be interesting to find out the result. Though, um, as I mentioned before, Amy looks like she's set for posthumous chart success with um, Back to Black. It's going to chart again. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Unfortunately, it means that so many stars have like, um, you know, been tweeting about it and everyone's devastated about it. And the saddest one is, is that Kelly Osborne seems to be absolutely heartbroken. She's written a little tweet saying, I miss my friend. I'm going to be off Twitter for a while. Thank you for all your support. Um, hashtag pray for Amy. So it looks like she's actually, you know, ditching Twitter while she grieves and everything like that, which is the saddest side of gossip, but I will move on to the lighter stuff. Are the Osborns American or English, just they're by English, the way? They're English. They're English. They just sure. lived in America. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that makes a bit more sense now. <laughs> All right, on to the lighter side of things. And okay, this isn't so much lighter, but it's a little bit lighter than this. Kristen Cavallari from The Hills. Turns out she's been dumped and oh. she's she's not getting married anymore. And so now, which um, blonde was she? She was the one that came and took over Lauren Conrad's spot oh, as the, I love the nasty, nasty one. Lauren was really nice and pretty, and yeah. I, it's kind of smart by comparison. But yeah. she was really competing with Heidi, whatever her name is. So. Yeah, know, smart by comparison. <laughs> uh, we've got um, Goss on Charlie Sheen's ex-girlfriend Brie Olsen, um, and she's actually giving up her adult movies um, for a year, I think at least, um, to become a Hollywood mainstream movie star. Just for one year. Well, it looks like it's just a, a year for the moment, but and, um, she's going to see how it goes. If it doesn't work, she's going to go straight back to it. Exactly. Well, so supposedly she says that her all-new nude spread in the new issue of Playboy magazine is going to be the last time she bears it all. That's a marketing gimmick if I've yeah, ever Yeah, I know. It's so she'll, you know, she'll jump back on it, Buy I'm pretty sure. Um, and what else have we got? Uh, let's move away from that. It's, um, you know Mila Kunis, she's in a new movie with Justin Timberlake. Um, it's going to be called Friends with Benefits. And supposedly she had a bum double. We've all heard, well, we've all heard, heard about this, haven't bum we, Michael? Bum doubles. Yeah, no. bum doubles. You know, if you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what a bum, bum double is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, supposedly she got to pick her own. Oh, wow. So she got to pick the pertness, the, the, the tanness, the... What if she's like a really skinny girl? 
And then she gets a bum double like Kim Kardashian. She gave, Kardashian. A bo- she gave herself some booty. <laughs> yeah. like, she doesn't have any of that in there. <laughs> um, and on to a film that Mila Kunis was in, Black Swan. Well, it turns out that the producer of Black Swan has actually got the rights to the Chilean Miners movie, which is a bit... Bit strange. The Chilean Miners movie. Obviously, those are the guys that were underground for like a couple of months yeah. there. Yeah, but you saw Black Swan. It's a psychological thriller, so it'll be interesting to see where the direction of that goes. I haven't seen it. No, I oh. thought it was about swans that were black, swung around in Perth. You're cute. I know, right? Um, there's some hilarious news, and I know whoever's ever wanted to get um, a wolf mother off stage, well, a, a small band has managed to do it. Um, it turns out um, these this small cover band were playing a gig, and um, the the lead singer from Wolf Mother actually came along quite happy, I guess. Kicked the guys off stage and started doing a cover of the Beatles. They got everybody in the venue really, very, very angry. Um, and he ended up getting kicked out. So I thought that was quite hilarious myself. And finally, if you're interested in Beyonce at all, um, it turns out she is interested in directing films. Cool. So she's actually going to be in a movie with Clint, um, that's directed by Clint Eastwood, and um, she's actually revealed that she is now more interested in getting behind the camera than in front of it. So whatever comes of that, wow, that's the next big step, isn't it? And my very last piece for today. Kate Moss is in Australia. Yes, she's in Australia because she's married to Jamie Hintz of The Kills and they're playing Splendour in the Grass um, this weekend or tomorrow uh, on Thursday night in Melbourne and she is in town with them and I'm really excited because I'm hoping because I'm going to the gig on Thursday and I'm hoping I'm going to see Kate Moss. Is um is Kate Moss the model? Yeah. Ah, cool, yeah. I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> she was really big in the 90s, yeah? Yeah. With she, Marky Mark? Yeah. With Marky She's Mark. the one that went out with Pete Doherty for a while. Oh, 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 I see. Mm-hmm. No, I have no idea who you're talking about. And that was the gossip for today. Now, coming up next on The Roundup, the Cannes Film Festival happened well, a couple of weeks ago now, and we want to know your thoughts on art house films. Are they good, bad, or kind of... Creepy. That's next on the Roundup. Girl, I say, if only life would lean our way, will you and me we'd run away to be Welcome back to the Roundup on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station. Give us a call and ruin Rob, our phone guy's gamer Pac-Man. Uh, it's one one three hundred joy nine four nine. Now, with Melburnians about to embark on another film festival, we thought it'd be timely to look at the Cannes Film Festival and the winner of the Palme d'Or, Tree of Life. The art house film has divided critics and fans alike, so we here on the Roundup sent Ellie down to check out the film. Yes, indeed, I did go and see Tree of Life this weekend. It's a movie by seventy-year-old Terence Malick. He's been working on it for years and years. It went to Cannes this year and won the Palm d'Or, you know, it's... Your French is so bad. I know, you say it for me, <laughs> Mike. Went to Canes and the pa- Cannes. 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 All right, anyway. Palm d'Or. 
Listen, Malik's known for uh, rambling philosophical voiceovers, images of nature, reflections on the evil deeds of men, his use of natural light, and this movie he talks about nature and grace. So there's a fairly small cast. You've got Brad Pitt playing the 1950s father and Sean Penn playing the older brother Jack as an adult. So that's in the now that's time. That's a really good cast, by the way. Jessica, um, am I going to say this wrong too? Chastain, Chastain? She plays the 19... 19- she's gorgeous, uh, b- very beautiful. She plays the 1950s mother and she gets to wear some of the most spot-on, amazing-to-die-for dresses during the whole movie. Um, and then Laramine Epler plays Jack's younger brother who died. So he plays the young son and he is an incredibly handsome child. He actually looks like he could be Brad Pitt's son and he'd be one to keep an eye on if he takes this acting thing into the future. Well, it's hard to say what the acting was like in the movie. There isn't all that much of it. Um, it's it's not really conventional. There's not a lot of narrative in the movie. There's lots of narration um, and the actor's internal thoughts kind of being voiced over the action as it happens. So, look, cinematography and lighting, it's what one of the things Malik is known for. There are some really beautiful shots at times there's wonderful scenes in the window of the house of I mean it has to be that way because it's all shot in natural light and it's all shot in one take um, from what I can tell so what makes this film good <laughs> well that's it's really interesting that you ask that because it's absolutely divided audiences so there was even one person who walked out of the film the screening that I was watching um, the oh. film it's not about much, I mean, or but it's also about a lot. So it's about life, the universe, man's relationship to God, tragedy, you know, birth, death, how we live in between, the smallness of the human condition. We see this dynamic of a new growing family and the interpersonal relationships that shape it. And then nothing else much happens, except there's a bit in the middle where we see the origins of the um, uh, imagery of the origins of the universe and the inception of life on Earth. And that's this kind of break in the middle of the film. So you get all this lovely 1950s stuff and a bit of the older brother as in this adult life feeling kind of stressed out and wondering what he's doing, where the world's going. Um, and I, look, I pretty clearly realised that this was a piece of art rather than a film. And I was happy to go with it. Then there was this weird little interaction between the dinosaurs and it just kind of broke my spirit. It was like one healthy dinosaur walks along and puts its foot, I can see the look on your face, puts its foot on the head of a sick dinosaur and goes to eat it and then decides not to eat it. And, you know, the movie's a comment on grace and nature and, you know, did this dinosaur get a glimpse of grace and decide not to kill the sick dinosaur? And then as it walks off, it looks around itself and you think, (laughs) is it, you know, what's going on here? Don't give it away. (laughs) Well, it's not it's not a giveaway they're not spoilers because it's you know it's a small part in a very very long movie and in a way it's kind of it's almost too obvious you know you get this whole scene of the you know the beginnings of life and you, you know the whole time the family are talking to god and having a conversation with god and yet you've got this kind of creationist uh, you know you've got this kind of creation of the universe 
um, thing. So it's a it's a real juxtaposition, but it's almost too obvious that that's that's what he's working on and what he's working with. So um, yeah, but and yet I I mean um, and yet I work with someone who saw it um, on the weekend and they loved it. They thought it was brilliant, like absolutely a beautiful film. So as I said, it's really divided people. Yeah, I think if you're a, some sort of a hipster, there's no way that you could say you didn't like this film. <laughs> it's I, cool to say you got this film and you liked it. And in fact, the really groovy cinema guy at the very cool cinema we went to, you know, had a conversation with us afterwards and he said, yeah, you know, I really hated it the first time, but I've gone on a journey with this film and now I'm getting ready to see it for a third time. And, you know, you couldn't possibly work out that cinema or look as trendy as he did without saying that you loved the film. So it's nearly, it's a long film as well. It's nearly two and a half hours. I think it's fairly self-indulgent, you know, Mm. in its... He's just thumbing his nose at the film industry and saying, I'm just going to do this thing. I think I think things that go for the palm d'or as well. Oh, did I say that right? Yes, you did. Thank <laughs> you. Um, it, it, they seem to be very much like this. The last one that won the palm d'or, which probably got me a little bit um, yawny and um, other people, like my partner loved it, but it was called uh, Mr. Boon, no, Uncle Boonamy and um, th- his past lives, or re- rec- who can recall his past lives. It was a um, foreign film and throughout the entire thing, I'm there just scratching my head. There was a shower scene that went for like 15 minutes of a guy just washing himself. <laughs> and I was just there and, and, and my partner's there going, yeah, that's so meaningful. And I'm just scratching my head going... When what is this waste? happening? I'm hungry. Oh, let me do something. I want to go somewhere. Ah. Yeah, yeah. What a Look, waste of water. For people, <laughs> uh, for people like your partner, if two and a half hours of this film are not enough, uh, I hear there's a six hours, a six Whoa! hour director's cut. So talk about self indulgent. Whoa. Yeah, make of it what you will. I I felt assaulted by the Tree of Life, and in fact, oh, I said, you know. Yeah, you go. No, go, go. Oh, I was to say, you know, I from what you say now, I've got to go and see it because <laughs> I really want to see what this what this yeah. is going to end up. Like. I'm really glad that I that I did see it. I'm glad you know the roundup sent me off to go and have a look at this movie because now I know I don't. I'm not going to wonder anymore about whether I should or shouldn't go and see it. I'm certainly not going to be like the film guy and go and see it three times. One one being flashed at by Terence Malick <laughs> is enough for me. And Michael, you're just scratching your head. There, I don't understand you? anything of what you just said. It was very complicated, but I really liked the dinosaurs bit. That was cool. I think dinosaurs are awesome and completely underrated and stuff. If you like dinosaurs... I really, re- <laughs> I really recommend Land Before Time. Then, like. Yes, if you like dinosaurs, 0427JOY949. Let us know your thoughts on dinosaurs, on the death of Amy Winehouse, which was very tragic, and anything else that we've been talking about on tonight's show, Sacred Sexuality. Ali and I went and had a sex class on the weekend <laughs> together, which was also very fun. 0427 Joy949. You're with the Roundup on Joy 94.9. Don't forget you can visit us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the Roundup on Joy 94.9. And let us know your thoughts when we are on air, 0427JOY949. SMS them through. Big show tonight, guys. We have covered sacred sexuality. We've had a couple of SMSs in on that one. 
We've also covered um, the death of Amy Winehouse and we've had a few, um, uh, you know, memorials um, written into us. We've also had one person who, who hasn't been entirely happy with the way that we have presented things and we definitely we do, definitely didn't want to offend anybody in, um, in our comments. Um, whatever, all the facts that I have uh, mentioned have been, you know, on the internet. So, um, and of course we are here to cause a little bit of controversy. So um, we are giving our own opinions there, but we definitely never did mean to offend anybody. I think inevitably it's something that people are going to debate and hypothesise about. And the sacred sexuality, something else people could debate or hypothesise about. It is. And thank you to Marina who uh, texted in about her uh, experiences with Tantra and self-love. Lovely, lovely message. (laughs) (laughs) I also wanted to thank all of our... type of self-love. Well, I don't know. Well, I think that's part of Tantra, isn't it? Anyway, look, moving on. I wanted to thank all of our new Facebook friends. Uh, we've had quite a few new people like us. So thank you to Steve, to um, Robert, to Ryan, to Tristan, to Patrick, to Jamie, and also to Paris, who does our podcasts for us. Paris, you are an absolute star. And shame on you for only liking us when we talk about sex. It's true. Every time we do a sex topic, our number of friends goes through the roof. So um, well, I don't know what that says about society in general. But Hey, I love the sex topics. I think we should have more of them. Yes. They're a bit, a bit saucy. Yeah, no, no, no. The roundup, not sex up or something <laughs> like that. And also thank you to Robert um, for answering the phone. And uh, I can see I don't want to speak too loudly or we might interrupt his game of Pac-Man there. Pac-Man or Solitaire. Now, of course, throughout the week, it is facebook.com forward slash The Roundup on Joy 94.9. We're going to put up some stuff tomorrow morning on Shalakwai Kadoshku, which was the sacred sexuality workshop that Annalie and I went to. And, of course, that is where you can keep up with us throughout the week. You have been listening to The Roundup on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out Joy. .org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.